So Simon, can you tell us about your excitement uh, as you read uh, chapter four? You seem very excited. So maybe we can start with that sharing. I was, but I'm too drained now to remember. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago when I sent that email. Okay, uh, but the, let me re, re, uh, refresh my memory. Um, oh, yes, that's right. Uh, the excitement. Uh, I think I got really excited in a way because uh, I could really feel the the fear and the challenge uh, when they were brought to the the court. I mean, these are like the rulers of the among the Jewish people that were empowered by the Romans, right? And uh, these guys are, they're nobodies really, but um, they're brought. And then uh, to see the kind of the courage and boldness with which they spoke, I'm like, wow, that, that's something. And I was wondering like, what gave them that sense of courage? And uh, that's why I pose that question. It can't be mere intellectual knowledge of something, of truth that leads to that. There's got to be something that has happened to you. And that, I mean, that was, would have been the experience of the Holy Spirit, but I'm trying to think, what really is that experience like? And then, um, uh, but you see that I, I saw that there's still a lot of fear uh, among these people when they went back. And so uh, they really turned that fear into fervent prayer. And uh, I mean, the, the language and the, uh, how they were pouring out their hearts, sorry, uh, how they were um, pouring out their hearts and then uh, uh, yeah, when the, the place was shaking, that's like, it just evoked a powerful uh, image to me. And then the result, because of that uh, experience, you know, there's that togetherness of sharing everything. So it was just an exciting vision of uh, life and what could be when the spirit really comes upon us. Yeah, that's why. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, they were in Korean, they were chunnunder. Right? Yeah. <laughs> From the village. And these Sanhedrin, they are called Sanhedrin. S A N H E T R I N. Sanhedrin. That was, uh, it's almost like highest court, cream of the crop, elite. You know, uh, they are the most educated, most religious and most upright uh, and respected uh, citizens. Uh, so they uh, were uh, dealing with this uh, uh, like from a village. And the, these village people, they were not educated. They were fishermen. They didn't know much. And yet they were able to speak boldly. It's a really powerful scene. Sanhedrin, uh, I mean, uh, when you look at Jew Jewish leaders, there, there were two strong groups. One is Pharisees, the other is Sadducees. And uh, you see Sadducees today. Uh, Pharisees and Sadducees they were both very well educated. But Sadducees were more like a elite. Uh, They're like a royal or very uh, prestigious families. And so 
common people did not like Sadducees. Uh, there were two uh, up there. So they didn't, they could not relate to Sadducees. But Pharisees were quite popular among common people. So they were well-educated, but very relatable. They were down to earth and they were, were able to talk with people, uh, things like that. So St. Paul was a Pharisee, uh, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. So, but these Sadducees, the big difference is that Sadducees only believed uh, in five books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible. They consider that as the canon of the Bible. But Pharisees, they believe the whole Old Testament scripture. And Sadducees, they claim that in those five books, there is no such thing as resurrection. So they, don't, they didn't believe in resurrection. So we see today that uh, the Peter and John were in trouble partly because they were preaching about resurrection. And when you read it, first verse, there were Sadducees uh, there. So the story of the lame man, born lame man continues. Peter and John did a wonderful miracle for this poor man. But instead of being rewarded with praise and honor, they were arrested and imprisoned. But somehow they were not discouraged at all or even angry. They were able to take whatever comes to them. Uh, very, um, with a calm mind. So, and then I was thinking about sometimes bad things come after good things. So life is a mixture of good things and bad things. So I want you to discuss together when good things uh, happen to you and when bad things happen to you, how do you feel? And how do you respond to both? And how should you respond in each situation? So that, don't spend too much time on that, but you can discuss on that. And the second, I want you to discuss why did the leaders of the temple imprison John and Peter? So think about it. Why, what were the sentiment? What were they upset about? What were they concerned? So try to get into the minds of the temple guards or the uh, leaders of the temple. But especially after do that, doing that, I want you to read verse three and four. Verse three and four are put together side by side. 
seems like totally different message, but they are put together side by side. Any message from the scripture, from what you uh, read. So that's a verse th three and four. And then third, there is a authority question uh, you read in the scripture. They asked John and Peter, by what power or by what name or by what authority did you do this? So I see the powers or uh, two powers or two authorities in the story. What are they and how are they different? The authority of the leaders of the temple and the authority of Peter and John. What are they and how, they are, how are they different? And lastly, when you read Acts of Apostles from chapter four to chapter 28, except three chapters, they are all about persecution. What does that tell you? So early Christians, early Christianity grew out of persecution. And what does that tell you? And I'll, I want you to closely examine verse 29 to 31. It is after Peter and John came back from the temple prison, from the Sanhedrin. <laughs> they came back and reported to their believers, their community. And this is their prayer. When they, after they heard what Peter and John said to them. What does this prayer, what does their prayer reveal about them? Okay, enough? Do you understand the questions? Good. So right now is 7.46, so come back at uh, 8.20. Enough time? So allow your, uh, I mean, uh, uh, allot your time uh, uh, wisely so that you can discuss all, all four. Moksani, I got yeah. five. So I've, I've, I've got five oh. questions. How did I do that? Okay. Is the last a... Chapter four, uh, uh, sorry. Um, all about persecution, does that go with verses 29 to 31? 
Yes, yes, yeah. oh, oh, okay. yeah, goes okay. along with that. Same okay. kind of uh, uh, subject, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Good, good. Any other question before you are split into group? Okay, so then Simon, uh, so uh, A20 is good yep. for everyone? Yeah, okay. So let's first talk about the first question, the life is a mixture of good things and bad things. So when good things happen, uh, how do you feel and what do you do? Just share what you discussed together. Edward said that, yeah, he's happy when good things happen, but he doesn't want to be too happy just in case something bad then happens. <laughs> <laughs> Safeguard, eh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what else? Well, you don't have to summarize everything, but some interesting points that if you share with the whole group. Well, I responded that uh, I respond very immaturely, which is that when good things happen, then I'm happy. And when bad things happen, I'm cursing left, right, and center. <laughs> <laughs> You're very honest. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. How about others? Well, in our group, some people were saying it, 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 it's changed how we deal with bad things. As we, when we were younger, we, you know, we worried so much and we, you know, some said that they stayed up all night and things like that but as we get older and we learn um you know through life lessons as well as you know at growing in faith some people have turned to scripture like psalms help some um, i think hedron said that and uh some have even looked on the positives how can i use this this bad situation to my learning and apply it so that you know i can overcome um, the situation um, mm -hmm. and have become better at dealing with uh, you know, yeah. situations and more pr prayer, some people were saying. Mm. Good. Oh, a little bit of maturity. Mm -hmm. I tend to be like Meng. <laughs> I mean, we are all in some ways. When we really think about it, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on these things, but I think you guys have a lot of wisdom about dealing with uh, uh, good things and bad things that happen in your life. Probably you have your own system uh, of dealing with. So you have been uh, experiencing all the good things and bad things in your life. So yeah, you will have all the wisdom, but I hope that someday uh, we can have more time 
to be able to share what you do when good things happen and when bad things happen. I mean, I didn't give you enough time. And also our Bible study is not just about that. So I just wanted you to uh, discuss a little bit, but you know, when good things happen, uh, we should be just thankful. We should just uh, enjoy good things uh, without worrying too much about it. Uh, so when good things happen, uh, uh, be joyful uh, because good things are, uh, God gave you uh, good things. But when bad things happen, still joyful uh, because God will help you uh, overcome these bad things. So still thankful and still joyful. So when bad things happen, always remember that God will take care of, God will uh, bring it around uh, so that uh, that bad things uh, uh, rather become uh, good things. So, so that is something that we do, but we should do. But, you know, when good things happen, what we shouldn't do is uh, sometimes we think that because we did very well, uh, we become arrogant. Uh, and also we take for granted uh, good things uh, that are happening. We should never take uh, for granted good things that happen in our lives. And also uh, some people when good things happen uh, are scared because this will not last too long and bad things will come. So they have the, 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 that kind of uh, fear. I think that is not really helpful either. When bad things happen, often what we do is uh, guilt, uh, self-blame, or you blame other people. So we play blame games when bad things happen, oh, because of so-and-so, or because of me, stupid me, uh, these things happen. So blame uh, game we do. And also we, we get scared that this may uh, become worse. Uh, this will not end. So that kind of thing is not very helpful. Okay, so let's uh, move on to the second Sorry. one. Well, so yeah. can I just add a comment to that? So yeah. I remember so about a couple of months ago, you and I were kind of talking about this and then you, you actually mentioned this in your inner voice and I was kind of reflecting on this and you, what basically what you were saying is, you know, to stay humble, right? Yeah. And uh, I was reflecting on that, and I think there's so much wisdom to that. Because I mean, in in addition to being grateful, obviously, but staying mm -hmm. humble because internally, like, there's so much room for us to start to feel that arrogance, yeah, and start to feel like uh, you know that gratitude can turn into uh, yeah, a little bit of trying not that like. Kind of yeah, entitlement. Yeah, in, entitlement internally, yeah. kind of charahan and go. Even though you don't yeah. necessarily say it, that's it right. Can, yeah. it, it can actually, it's very, very subtly. It's very insidious, yeah. but yeah. it can, uh, it, it can seep into that kind of uh, thinking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, without realizing it, we do it. Yeah, so that's a good point. Okay, second uh, question. Uh, the, the leaders uh, of the temple, why were they so disturbed? Any insight? 
from your group and what you heard, oh, that the person said that they said, oh yeah, that makes sense or something like that. Was it because they their sense of entitlement was um, open? Mm -hmm. Well, in our group, uh, we talked about uh, loss of control. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were threatened because as leaders and as the elite, they were the teachers, they were the rule makers, they were, they were the authority. And yeah. now we have John and Peter uh, teaching other people things mm -hmm. um, and having such success with it, actually. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were following them. So it was uh, a, a threat to their authority. Yeah. And then it was a uh, teaching resurrection of Jesus yeah. Christ that they don't believe. Yeah. And if Peter and John were not that successful, probably they would not have been disturbed, right? But they were very successful and that became uh, more problem. So I think the first one that uh, I was thinking about, I mean, they had, they had the right to do so, right? Because they, they wanted to keep the order in the temple mm. because they wanted to give proper sacrifice. So, but uh, this uh, commotion happened. So they wanted to control the situation. So that, that is a very much understandable. And then they, they were given the right to be, uh, to, uh, be able to do that. Uh, so that's no problem, but uh, deep inside I see, see uh, in, the temple, uh, in the temple, there's a, there's a time for sacrifice and the time came and somehow uh, that day, no one came. Uh, not many people were around. So the priest and then all these people, they were wondering, where are people? They're supposed to come and uh, give sacrifice and uh, no one came. And then uh, they uh, investigated and they realized that they were all hearing uh, Peter's message uh, during the, instead of giving sacrifice. That really made him jealous in a way. And then so powerfully, uh, people were influenced by that. And secondly, they were offended because uh, Peter and John, they were not educated. Uh, they did not have credential uh, to speak uh, like that in the temple. And then they were uh, taking over that uh, kind of role. So they were offended. And thirdly, as uh, Yano said, uh, they are, these are Sadducees and then they were preaching about uh, the resurrection and uh, that's why they're offended. Uh, I mean, they, they didn't like it. So I think second question and third question are related in a way, the authority question uh, here. But uh, listen, before we uh, uh, tackle that, let us look at verse three and four. I think uh, Luke wrote it intentionally. Those two are not connect connected. They were in, pre in prison, but you know, the, the uh, the word spread as 5,000 people were converted. So uh, what do you think about that? Uh, 
Any side on that? Well, I, I mean, I shared how, uh, yes, uh, the, the custody, uh, I mean, it was a very difficult situation, but that somehow that difficult situation helped people hear the word better. And I shared a story from our staff retreat where uh, we're reflecting on the past year. And uh, um, I mean, pandemic and so it's been difficult, but if anything, it uh, kind of it really strengthened our worship. And um, if people we felt are, were just much more ready to hear the message. And I think we, we saw that. So it's kind of a maybe difficulty uh, uh, brings us to a place where we're more hungry, yearning. So where our hearts are more open, but yeah. Okay, good point. Yeah. Anything else? Suji Moksanin gave us the answer. It's about confinement. So while John and Peter were physically confined, the message that they were spreading, God's message cannot be confined. And so it spread mm -hmm. and was free and open uh, to be believed and to convert. Yeah. And Hedong mentioned that it was two people that were imprisoned, but 5,000 that like believed. So like <laughs> much more power in that word than the power of imprisonment. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think early Christians had this strong belief that the spread of the word and the spirit, no one can imprison, no one can stop. Mm. It will just move in the way the spirit moves. They had very strong belief in that. Whatever is happening is not really, uh, will not uh, be able to uh, stop this uh, movement. is already started. Like they could not leave, bury, uh, they could bury Jesus' body in the tomb, but Jesus cannot stay there. They rolled out and then they cannot uh, bury it. That's what resurrection is. In the same way, what spirit does, no one can stop. So they imprison uh, Peter and John, but they cannot imprison uh, the word. So 5,000 people were converted. So when you look at a uh, 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 th third question, then authority-wise, the, uh, the Sanhedrin's authority and their authority and Peter and John's authority, when you look at what are they and how are they different? I think in our group, uh, sort of, uh, we discussed that, you know, Sanhedrin has a power, but mm -hmm. the power to control or to manipulate, mm -hmm. but 
John and Peter, what they had was power to heal and mm. power to restore. Yeah. So even though there is a, you know, power is kind of very different uh, usage of power. Yeah, very good point. So in this scripture, it's a clear, their power is power to imprison. And Peter and John's power is power to free people. So there are two different kinds of uh, power. Power to imprison, power to impress, power to, I, 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 power to oppress, and power to uh, the, 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 the control uh, and manipulate, and then power to free, power to forgive, power to strengthen, power to empower uh, others. So those two are two different powers. That, and then what is the power that uh, has authority over you that we need to uh, think about, right? So you can, I think I mentioned, you can tie those two powers to the law, which the rulers upheld, you know. That's first. right. Versus the power of Jesus, death on the cross, the power of grace, the power yeah. to, so that's yeah. a tie those two together. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, it is a power of the law, power of the institution in a way. The institution that is governed by the law. It's a power of the institution, but uh, the, the Peter and John's power is a power of the uh, the life, power of grace. So the source of power is different in that sense, right? One is from the law and institution and one is from uh, the life. So, but also the uh, power, uh, the, 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 the Sanhedrin's power is also in a way power given by people. But uh, Peter and John's power is power given by God. So when a lot of people uh, responded to Peter and John, uh, Sanhedrin could not do anything about it because they were scared in a way. But Peter and John, they could use 5,000 people very effectively, but they didn't, they don't use, they didn't use uh, these 5,000 people because they didn't want to have this worldly human power to fight against. Look at, uh, think about it, 5,000 people are converted and how much they all just uh, follow Peter and John and they could easily use this mob to fight against Sanhedrin, but they didn't do that. Exactly same as Jesus. Jesus could use uh, all this power, uh, power uh, that people gave, follow, uh, the followers gave, but Jesus never didn't use it. Rather, he took the cross. Because that power will not save us. Power of people. It's power of grace and power of life. Any comment on that? 
So whatever, whatever happened to you in your life, don't worry. There's a power that moves in your life. There's a journey, but ultimately your journey will end in a good place. God will take care of you. Even if bad things happen to you, God will take care of you. Because God, the spirit moves in uh, its own free way. You don't control that. That goes to our fourth question, that is persecution. The, except three chapters from four to 28 is all about persecution. But early Christians grew out of persecution. When you read uh, verse 29 to 31, what did you discover? When Peter and John came back and they reported what happened to them. And then you listen to their prayer. What do you see? What, what is so interesting about their prayer? Well, I think like uh, Daniel and Lily, uh, yeah, we're really uh, impressed that uh, normally they're saying normally if something bad happens, you pray for like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, what'd you guys say? Like ability to get through it or that kind of thing. But these guys are praying for boldness and they're praying for God to show God's power. Yeah, that kind of thing. I find it very interesting because... This prayer is not prayer of protection. That's right. Yeah, Prote prayer for protection is what they said. They didn't. They didn't ask for protecting us because it's a dangerous. We preach the gospel and then we are in prison and all that. And the Sanhedrin says, does not like us and all that stuff. So these are powerful people, and then they could be scared. Then they would have uh, prayed. They would. I. I'll pray for protection, saving me from this, but. Somehow they rather pray for boldness. Help us to boldly proclaim, to do more of that. In other words, they knew that even if uh, there's a persecution, God will take care of us. Extreme boldness that we see. The whole place or shaken. And then same thing happened uh, when you go to chapter 16 of Acts, when uh, in uh, Philippines, uh, uh, Philippi, when Paul and Silas were in prison, they prayed and the whole prison was were shaken and opened. The, the, the door, prison door was open and the prisoners were freed. Very powerful image. So the early Christians had this uh, complete surrendering uh, of their lives to God's guidance because God's guidance was so powerful. The spiritual movement was so powerful that they didn't have to worry about anything. They just need, needed boldness 
to go forward, to move forward, forgetting what is behind and straining forward what is ahead. That is kind of attitude, very proactive, very progressive attitude towards a life rather than defensive attitude towards life. They have very proactive and progressive attitude towards life because they experience the power of the spirit. It's not the power of the institution, power of the spirit. It's not the power of affluence that we created, but it's a power that is given by God. That power is a real power. So for them, prayer was the most important thing because without prayer, they could not survive. They could not go through this. So prayer became real to them. But people who are taking care of their own lives, prayer is such as accessory. It is a, something that you can do. You don't have to do. All feels good. So I, I, it's not like that. For those who, uh, the early Christians, prayer was, because it's what God is doing, they firmly believe. So prayer was essential. And they give everything in prayer. So that is a really powerful living in a way. But when we depend on our own establishment, prayer is a secondary, not necessary. And that is very weak life. And we should pray for boldness to live our lives rather than always living defensively. Any other comment on that? Maybe we are in persecution. Persecution of security, safety, and comfort. That is not what gives us peace. That is our temptation, maybe. That maybe that is our persecution. Maybe greater persecution and greater uh, danger because it kills our spirit. Early and Christians, we don't, yeah. they, and we don't even they realize. kill the body, mm -hmm. but it kills the spirit. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that it's even more scarier in some ways because with, you know, physical persecution or danger, like you see it. So yeah. then you pray. But for, I think, uh, for us, modern Christians, as you say, in being in security, we have all the things we need. Yeah, we don't even realize that we're under persecution, right? So we don't feel the need to pray. We don't feel the need to cry out to God. And we, we can't really easily see the death of our spirits. Yeah. Physical death, you can see and notice. Yeah. Not spiritual death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So instead of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, today, we live our lives praying to God, asking God to really enliven our spirit and live day by day with joy and peace, doing what is good. But don't we need boldness too? Don't we need to what? Boldness. Yes. From there, that uh, boldness uh, becomes uh, character. But what is being bold in our times? Hmm. What does it look like to be bold as Christians living in this age and society? I think the biggest problem is a worry. We are always uh, protective and then defensive instead of worrying about uh, things. Live your lives boldly. Could boldness be um, in terms of justice, climate justice? Um, well, it's uh, everything. Just, it's not just uh, uh, political or social issues, but in your personal lives too. Everything that is happening in your life. Well, boldness to, yeah, I mean, live, um, live your inner sense of, yeah, like truth, righteousness. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just being true, true to yourself, your compass, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. It requires boldness. Yeah. I Go discover ahead, you have something in your mind <laughs> on your lips. No, I was just thinking boldness is um, trusting God and, like you said, just leaving it up to Him. And in that way, the boldness just comes. Like sometimes you're you're confident when you feel like you're so scared, mm. um, but you still go through something or you do something that um, might be out of the norm or out of your comfort zone, but that's living bold because, you know, whether it be for justice for somebody on the street that you meet or even your own children, you know, um, I think it just comes once you put that trust. Mm -hmm. Meng, you wanted to say something, or did you forget? <laughs> uh, no, I, I was thinking that um, I experienced, you know, uh, in I, it was chapter two or chapter three, where um, it's it's the name of Jesus that was introduced as power, and I experienced something that was uh, interesting, which is the that the name of Jesus truly has power, and. Um, because someone was thanking me for doing something. And I said, oh, don't thank me. Thank my God. His name is Jesus. And it scared that person. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that there is power in the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that, you know, when I was at uh, uh, U of T, uh, it's a robust library. I was, uh, uh, you know, the studying there and then I was copying a book uh, for photocopy machine and then you know, at that time, I was just going crazy about Jesus and all that stuff, right? And the girl behind me was waiting and a lot of books. Uh, so I told her to go ahead. Uh, you, you you do first. I can do it uh, later. Oh, she said, oh, thank you. And uh, I said, by the way, I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that scared her too. <laughs> <laughs> There's boldness for you, Lily. Example of boldness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really sad that uh, you know, a lot of uh, spirit, a lot of times, a lot of people's spirit is being destroyed, killed. And then they don't have confidence anymore in life. They are constantly worry. They enter into darkness instead of living their life with joy and light and then hope. Uh, a lot of people feel despair every day and they can't sleep. Uh, and they, they are going through a lot of difficulties. So we need to bring back that spirit and spirit's power in our life. I mean, depression has become uh, one of the biggest uh, problems. Uh, suicide and drug uh, addiction, alcoholic addiction, all kinds of problems uh, go on around us. And also our children too. What they may go through, go through we don't know. So we need to continuously pray for our children too so that they may have that strength and power of the spirit. Okay. Next week, uh, we are going to study chapter five, but we didn't uh, deal with chapter four verses 32. Uh, and because it is con continue continuation in chapter five. That's why I left uh, that part uh, out. So we're going to study from chapter four, verse 32 to chapter five. So please read uh, those uh, uh, chapter. Okay. Can I ask uh, Hejong, can you pray for us to end this Bible study? I'm not good at praying. <laughs> <laughs> Be bold. <laughs> I'm really terrible. Okay. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, studying Acts and um, how the first believers and growth of the church. We ask that um, that you also we think and pray um, and that you give us boldness to be steady in our faith. We thank you for your word. 
and your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.